Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is This American Podcast Comedy Edition. I'm Tony Visick coming to you Woo. from the ComedySchools.com studios high above Scottsdale. I'm sitting here with uh, two people that I've already become fast friends with in just a few minutes. One who I saw uh, many years ago, and I'm so glad to be speaking with, Eric Myers. What's up, buddy? How you doing? And uh, one who uh, we just met, Kate Quigley. Hey, what's up? And we're already uh, trading uh, Hollywood stories because I live in Maine. It turns out we have mutual friends. Of course. And I just want to break this in by saying I saw Eric Myers at a... Uh, first off, if you're listening this morning live, they are at the uh, the Laugh Factory at the corner of uh, near the corner of Scottsdale and Shea where Paul and Paul, Paul Rodriguez and Paul Hopp have brought the Laugh Factory to the Valley of the Sun. And they are there this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with some great promo deals. Um uh, they got a great promo code going, so if you are in town Labor Day weekend looking for things to do, I'm going to highly suggest come down <laughs> to the Laugh Factory. Go to the Laugh Factory this weekend, where they're doing really great, and uh, and see these two very funny people, along with Gene Pompa, yes. who I met <laughs> 80s, and I think is still hung over from that time and didn't make it in. Yes, I think you're right. Gene, we texted him in the, this morning, but I think he's sound asleep. So, Eric, I saw you uh, several years ago at another club in town and uh, where they were putting on what was supposedly a clean comedy show. It was kind of a boring comedy show. I was walking through the lobby with my business partner, a guy I promote shows with, and I saw the manager talking to you, and I cannot make out if they were trying to explain to you what kind of show it was or you explained why you couldn't go on, but you were weaving. Hammered. You were hammered. <laughs> I was hammered. And I, I remember seeing my business partner, I go, that dude is loaded. I was loaded. And I said, we got to watch this. That, I actually said that. I go, I go that's loaded. we got to watch this. I go, this is going to be fun. So we went in. I, I had a table there that I sat at. And I sat at the table. And you went on stage. And within five minutes, I looked at uh, my partner, Kevin O'Day. And I said, this is one of the funniest guys I've ever seen in my entire life. I go, this guy is brilliant. And I go, oh they'll God. never hire him. <laughs> brilliant. Thank you. Now, I remember... Yeah, I remember flying out. I never liked flying, so I would always take like Xanax or like Ambien on the airplane and drink. And I think I landed, and I kept drinking, and I, and I went to the club. And I had called the club because I knew they had like uh, best of local people. And I li- was living in Maryland or Virginia at the time, and I called to try to get into the club. I was like, I'll fly down there on my own dime, do a guest spot, and try to get booked as a feature. And I went there so loaded. They're like, dude, we can't let you up like this. We can't let you up like this. It was Adam, who's now the GM of the comedy store. And I was like, oh, fuck, I can do it. He's like, well, we can't sell you up any, al- any more alcohol. So I went downstairs to get a beer. They turned me down. So I went up, and they're like, you're up. I don't remember what I said or what I did, but like f- for years I was still getting like, people were like, when are you coming back to Phoenix? It was, it was, it was uh, you did a, well, you know, first off, I know that the uh, the manager, Eddie, he was the general manager at the time, yep. Eddie Mitty, and Mark was saying, I want clean shows, I want, I want to go back to the 70s, and that's, and Mark was a wonderful guy, but that's what he was trying to do, yeah. and Eddie was, I, and I, Eddie was standing not too far from where I was, and Eddie and I had a little business rivalry, it wasn't bad, but we had a business rivalry, and whenever anything might have been bad happened to one of us, go, hey, I heard your show didn't do that well, that's too bad, buddy, <laughs> that kind of thing, yeah, and yeah. I'm looking over him, and he's holding his head in his hands, almost crying, because he's so afraid he's going to get in trouble, and that made your show doubly funny for me, because Eddie was freaking out, <laughs> yeah. the audience is roaring, and you had a bit about being, Can I, I want to lead, you know what bit I'm talking about? Which fun? Okay, yeah. the bit was about being depressed and taking yes, yes, and then not being able to yeah get an erection, get an erection. Well, you know they had uh, 
I'm not on any medication now, but there was a time, you know, kind of in the late 90s, early 2000s, every commercial was for like, are you depressed? Do you have social anxiety? And the symptoms were like, do you, you know, do you, are you tired ever? Do people get on your nerves ever? And you're like, oh, fuck, I have social anxiety. So I feel like everyone was, was clinically depressed for like 10 years. Everyone was on these medicines <laughs> and they made it really impossible to get an erection or to ejaculate during sex. So I was like, well, that's fucking depressing. First of all, now I'm even more depressed. And um, so I had that bit about how you couldn't fake your orgasms when you're with a woman. But it, 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 yeah, but the camper on it, it, was, it, I mean, that was all, it was hilarious. And I mean, I was almost falling out of the stool. But about how women <laughs> I forgot fake, I even had that. How women <laughs> can fake an orgasm, yeah. but that men can't. You go, what am I going to do? Yeah. Throw yogurt in her face? Yeah, to start throwing yogurt in her face. <laughs> Why is that fruit in this? I'm like, I'm a vegan. That's hilarious. You should yeah. do that tonight. I want to see that. Now, you God, know, you old I, bit. You and I have a mutual, very close friend, Rich Yeidner. Yeah. Who was uh, really instrumental in starting me in stand-up a long time ago. I just saw him recently at my birthday party in Los Angeles. Oh, awesome. Uh, uh, we talk, you know, on a weekly basis. Uh, we've been at uh, all of each other's weddings. I shouldn't say that when my wife's sitting here. But he was in my last wedding. You know, he was, came out for the wedding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but he told me one time, he said, he said, if you can remember one joke a guy does, that that's a funny guy. And I remember that because for years I'd ask people, I'd go, is this Eric Meyer guy around? And every once I see a Facebook page, a, a, a Facebook post that you like laying in a gutter someplace, and I go, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I He's did. Path. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, well, you know, I've been sober for a little bit over a year and a half, but, you know, I, I had. You know, I was an alcoholic addict my whole life, so I started going to AA when I was about 21, which yeah. was about 14 years ago, but I would get like 30 days sober, 60 days, 90, and, and the clubs would be like, okay, Eric, you're sober now? Everything's going good? And then I would just go on a bender, you know, for like yeah. a week, get banned from all the clubs, have to get sober again, they'd have me back. This went on probably a hundred times, and uh, <laughs> but, but it was, I, the last time I relapsed in Hollywood, I had my smartphone or i hadn't lost it yet and i was like posting on facebook i was sleeping in the bush I posted that I, I people were buying me hotel rooms giving me money for food i would post pictures of me drinking a four loco because i was so blacked out drunk i just i didn't know what i was doing i remember i'd see those and i go i go he'll be all right. if he lives he'll be all right he'll be a joker and i go there's two kind of comics in the world the ones that are in aa and the ones that are going to be and I look, I go, oh my god he's all right that's true. We also have in studio here uh, uh, Kate Quigley. Hi, Kate. Hey, how are you? Uh, who uh, we just met, and you're here at the Laugh Factory with Eric and Gene as well this weekend. As soon as I heard that they were here together, I was like, I have to be on that show because I <laughs> love them both so much. So did you ever pass out in the bushes like Eric as well? <laughs> I've been passed out in the bushes, but I've slept outside once or twice, but uh, on purpose for fun, not because I was yeah. homeless. It's called camping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking of doing that now, actually. I have this great idea that I've been telling Eric how I want to be. No, I don't I, like Yes, idea. it's going to be like amazing. Okay, this is my okay, idea, okay? Right. Because I also host a TV show back in L.A., and if you work on TV in L.A., you have to look like, you know, you have to be, look put together, and that's sure. really expensive, and comics we don't make a lot of money so i've been thinking about letting go of my apartment and just camping so there's really nice campsites in the palisades and i love to camp and i've been thinking about living at a campground but still keeping like my job hosting the tv show and doing stand-up and going on dates and trying to maintain the image and everything the lifestyle i have now but as a camper some people call homeless i'm calling it a person who lives outside and and then like filming the whole thing and posting it on youtube as like a show Eric, what are your thoughts on Kate becoming a homeless person, <laughs> sleeping in the Palisades? Okay, I know Kate, first of all, and that will last about five minutes. You're wrong! I'm not wrong. No! Kate, okay, <laughs> dude, Kate, Kate has... 
working on this hotel room? We just like, why don't you pull out the couch bed? And she goes, oh, I hate hotel rooms. They have too many germs. They have been living on the streets of Hollywood with only germs walking around selling things. Yeah, but dirt is like natural germs. Dirt is like the kind of germs you're supposed to have on you. Like hotel rooms, I feel what? like it's just gross. People just like, you know, jerk off on couches and never clean it up. I like, did that one time. One time. I yeah, did. that's what I'm talking about. I never heard Eric, the end of it. Eric said it four times since we checked in. Don't lie. Was there fruit in it when you were done? <laughs> I found yogurt on the there couch last night. In it. Before, Kate wants to be homeless. I'm like, you will be so bo-. Kate is so, so like, you have ADD like me and you get bored easy. Yeah. So, so you're going to be so bored sleeping in a tent no, with no listen, stimulus. Here's what I'm trying to say. I lived outside for one whole summer in national parks, but I mean, I traveled and camped for a whole summer. with your mom and dad in a station wagon? No, no. It was with my ex. With my ex-husband, we had like this gig where we were like touring around for the national parks and we were like doing live events and I was hosting. And Can I ask you what, what show you, you host in Los Angeles now? Oh, I host a TV show on the Playboy channel. It's called Undercover. Okay. Yeah, it's about weird sex fetishes people okay. have. And so I, I basically have like no experience in that realm because I was married for ten years. So I go out and I go out and explore all these weird sex fetishes now that I didn't know existed. It must be hard to find in Los Angeles. Yes, it's not easy. It's not an easy. We, weird sex fetishes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. to lay my penis on fire. Yawn. Oh my God, that's the Saturday night's episode. I'm not kidding. Fireplace. People like that. Yeah. Kate's dad, who we. Call it. He's like he got. He's like, honey, I got Playboy channel to watch your show. Uncle Jimmy loved it. Yeah, Kate, right. like it's Kate with like people sticking things up her butt. And no, it's like, not, Eric. Well, no, I haven't seen it. My butt. What? Kate's <laughs> not, Kate, Kate is not naked on the show. Never, un- unfortunately. Never. Thank you. That's why I canceled my subscription. That's yeah, right. No but, point having it. There's a woman who hosts uh, uh, Playboy Radio. I forget her name. Red hair. She, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, gosh. About? There's so many. I, I Honestly, I'm, it's weird. Playboy, it's all very separate. The radio from the TV, from the magazine. So I don't really know a lot of people. I did Playboy Radio once. I met her. Uh, uh, my daughter and I were actually flying from here. But, and she sat down next to us. We started talking. And she lived uh, like two doors down from where my brother lived up in Woodland Hills. Said I have a, a show on Playboy Radio. It was the weirdest radio interview I ever did because they go, all the things I couldn't mention were normal things. You can't mention a product <laughs> or a place. You could talk about anal sex or sex yeah. in prison. Or, and there was, a, there was a young girl that came in that was very excited because she was a porn star going, and she's talking to the female host going, you guys, I just did my first gangbang video. Oh, my God. Very exciting. No. And they're going, I, I got this comedy show in this workshop. And, but I mentioned Staples Center, and a producer came flying in and goes, you can't mention Staples Center. You can't mention Pepsi. You said you had Pepsi. I go, but I can mention, you know, you're getting fucked in the face. He goes, yes. <laughs> I go, okay, all right, fine. Oh, the so Staples. Funny. What's wrong with you, you pervert? <laughs> you're talking about her gangbang video. <laughs> you piece of shit. You know, it's actually really funny because when I started hosting the show, I didn't know, and I don't know if you guys know this, that when you host a show that's x-rated there's different levels of x-ratings which i didn't even know so they brought in this list for me and the list is basically like kate we're level like x1 so you can talk about like you can talk about vagina you can like say the word pussy but then there's certain things like they're like you can we can never show butthole you can never address butthole. like there's certain things all right what if it's bleached <laughs> then it's you can never address butthole. You never address butthole. You see a butthole, don't call it by its name. Hello, Mr. Butthole. I told you not to acknowledge the butthole. It is so Pretend it's not even there. <laughs> you know true. what's so fun about this? In a few minutes, you guys will be doing uh, terrestrial radio. And uh, I'm, oh. I'm really, what I'm actually doing is destroying I gotta go you. I got to go call this thing. Go call in. I'm to, so sorry. Uh, I'll stay. Okay, call into my ex partner. Don't tell him I said hi. But I'll you, Kate, right you stay here. Right so what's back. going on? If I'm you're staying. listening to, uh, if you listen to us live, you listen to the podcast right now, is that we're like really, we're really flexible here, and we're really about the <laughs> comics. 
And when uh, Eric and Kate came in, they said, we're supposed to call in to this one place. And, I, and when they told me, I go, all right, I know those guys. But it's fine that he's calling in. And so, Kate, we're happy. Where are you from uh, originally? I grew up in Ohio, Canton, Ohio. Ohio. That's right. You told me that. Yep. Uh, pro football. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny because I've never been there, but that's how people are, right? Like I've never gone to the. I was in the parade though every year. Were you? I was in the Hall of Fame parade. I was a baton twirler, so that was like the big deal in my town. Was like trying to find a way to get into the parade. Everyone wanted to be in the Hall of Fame parade. All so right, so you Ohio is a. I spent a lot of time in Ohio when I was a touring stand-up comic. Sure. Um, Marlon, I th what, uh, uh, Rob Lowe's from Ohio. Yes. Uh, I believe the James Dean's from Ohio. Really? I think so. I think so. I know that Rob Lowe's from Ohio. Halle Berry. Yeah, Halle Berry. A lot of hot people. That just leave Ohio. That get out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because I always say that I meet so many people in L.A. who are from Ohio because that's where I live now. And I'm always like, how did you get out? Like, what's your story? <laughs> Not that Ohio is the worst place. I just, you know, Ohio actually is a great place to grow up. Like, my town was such yeah. a good place to live. It's, like, affordable, and it's, like, all my family still lives there. I'm the only one that kind of made it out. But I remember being six years old and begging my mom to move me to L.A. Because I just always wanted to work in show business. So I just always knew. And as soon as I graduated from high school, I left. And you split for Los Angeles. I actually went to Chicago first. I went to college in Chicago. Yeah. And then I moved to LA right did after. Did you do college. the Second City thing in Chicago? I did. I did yeah. improv. Yeah, I did Second City a little bit. I did I.O. more, which was called Improv Olympic sure. at the time. Yeah. yeah. So all right, so you moved to Los Angeles then what ten years ago? Uh, uh oh God, almost now. Yeah, oh six. And it was it like the typical thing where you just you kind of show it up in a car. When I moved to Los Angeles, to give you an idea, I I had I moved from Missouri. In yeah. the 70s, and I didn't know a soul out there, and I just I sold all my stuff and kept a car, and I'm driving out, and then I look at my sea of signs says Hollywood next 10 exits, and I go okay here, <laughs> and I saw signs at Hollywood Boulevard, and I go okay here, and I pulled over and I got a weekly newspaper and found a, uh, a no place to rent. You know, on Highland Avenue that yeah. was torn down recently. So what was your experience moving to Los Angeles? Well, mine was different. So I was married at the time. Oh, okay. But my ex didn't want to move there. So, but he supported me. I was like, listen, I came home from work one night. I was working at a bar. I met an older guy, like he was like 70 years old. And he was like, I always wanted to move to Hollywood. I regret that I never did because I wanted to be an actor. I was like, I don't want to be 70 on a bar stool in Chicago wishing I had moved. So I went home that night and told my ex-husband that I was moving and I was like, I need to be in Hollywood to do what I want to do. He's like, cool. About a week later, packed up my little Ford Focus I had at the time with yeah. everything I could fit in it. I went on Craigslist. I found a dude in Beverly Hills who had like a spare room he was renting out. Very safe. Super safe. <laughs> I'm, I drove across country. Funny story, actually, in Nebraska, halfway there, the engine fell out of my car. Fell out. It fell out. It didn't I Fella, I'm driving on the freeway doing like 80 miles an hour. All of a sudden, I hear a super loud bang, and my car just skids to a halt. Thank God it was like the middle of the night, and no one was behind me. And we popped the hood, and my engine had just fallen out. Like the mounts that hold it in place had sheared off. So I ended up spending a night in Nebraska getting my engine put back in my car. But I just want to say shout out to the Ford Focus because they put in like four new bolts, and the thing was fine. Was <laughs> your husband with you at the time? He drove with me to L.A. So that's what's so funny so then we get to LA we meet this guy that I'm going to be living with who turns out to be so crazy I'm supposed to live in this guy's house for three months I lasted 15 days yeah and then I snuck out in the middle of the night 
took all my stuff and left because the guy was so crazy. I was there 15 days. He never left the house once. He had everything delivered in. There's nothing wrong with him. He was too paranoid to go outside. He had cameras all over the house. I was like afraid. I was changing my clothes in the shower because I was like scared yeah. that he was well, watching. Your husband know? Well, he just dropped me off and went back to Chicago. <laughs> And then he's like, call me every day, bye. I think the marriage, honestly, at that point, I think we both kind of knew, like, this isn't going to last. But we did hang on for, like, four more years. We stayed together. Yeah. But that was kind of in my mind. I was like, okay, I'm going to go out there and see how I am without him, see how LA is. So uh, I lived with that guy for 15 days. Then I snuck out. I spent a night sleeping in my car, which was fun. And then I found the first apartment I could find, which was like kind of like probably yours, a really bad shithole in Hollywood. It was Section 8 housing. Yeah. There was like crackheads living in the hallways. Uh, there was a guy who used to swim in the pool every morning in his tidy whitey underwear, this like really fat old guy. And I would go down and swim laps with him. And I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I had a place on, uh, Cheryl, kind of open it. You know, this is all live and crazy because that door is locked. So then Eric will try to get in and then Eric won't be able to get in and then he'll have low self-esteem issues and... <laughs> And we don't want that. <laughs> Not worse, no. I used to live at a corner at the corner of Fountain Gower, and uh, I had a car that had no hood on it. And uh, I would come home drunk and park it, and then every morning I'd come out and someone had stolen the battery. So then eventually I had to just I would park it and just take the battery. It never occurred to me to put a hood on the car. Hilarious. It was going to cost too much money. Someone just kept stealing your I kept battery. Stealing my car batteries. They go by and here's a car with no hood and here's a car battery and they'd steal it. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah, I really loved it. This is how you know when you're doing the right thing though, because I left Chicago where like my ex made pretty good money and stuff, and I went out there. And the first six months I was out there, I was living in a studio apartment, no furniture. I had a TV tray. I was sleeping on the floor, not even on an air mattress. I was sleeping on like a sleeping bag on the floor. I didn't want to spend any money. And I started doing stand-up like right away. And what club did you start at? Uh, well, I started out, I actually took a class at Acme School of Comedy. I took a stand-up comedy sure. class. And then, of course, like I started doing bringer shows at the comedy store. Uh, at, back then, Lovett's Club was open. I would get up at yeah. John Lovett's Club a uh, pretty decent you amount. Up at Universal Studios? Yeah, Lovett's Club was the first club to pass me and start paying me, actually, before they closed in L.A. That was a few years ago. Um, but... I was so happy. And that's how I knew I was doing the right thing because I was living in a total shithole. I had no money. I was barely eating. Where I had no furniture. It was at Santa Monica and uh, Santa Monica and La Brea, which yeah. is nice now. Now yeah, it's like a nice right. area. But back then, um, it was where, where the Strasburg Institute is. Yes, it was really, really, really close to the Strasburg Institute a long time ago. I helped, move, I, I helped them move into that building. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, yeah. he's back. He's back. Eric, we're doing well. We're doing well, Eric. I just want you to know. If yeah. you needed to, um, Eric knows that I can talk you, my ass. Do you need to call another radio station? <laughs> they didn't answer. It's just not going through. It's just beeping and not going through. I've tried it like ten times. So All just right. give up. Yeah. Well, you know they'll get they'll get their thing worked out. So you know what? It's just uh, you where you live. We were talking about you because I I helped move the Strasburg Institute from Hollywood Boulevard, like where the Wax Museum is now. Uh-huh. Uh, the Strasburg Institute was upstairs near mm. there. And then I was studying there and helped them move over to the building. There are near oh, really? at Santa Monica and um, La Brea or La Cienega. La Brea. Yeah. In yeah. Western Hollywood. The greatest burrito joint in the world is right next to Strasbourg Institute, Los Tacos Number 2. Huh. I've never tried it. Which is the last What's place I had dinner before I got arrested and thrown in jail on my last drunk. <laughs> oh, and my God. I say God. that to bring <sighs> Eric Myers back into the show now. <laughs> Woo! I stepped out for a moment. Yeah. I'm depressed that I've never been to jail. Like, I mean... <laughs> 
I don't want to be homeless. You want to be in jail. <laughs> what, so what is this? It's on my bucket list. You try to be me. What do you try to do? I just want to experience jail for like one night. Just I would no, almost want to check no, myself. No, you don't. I just Have I you want been it. To jail, Eric. Yes. Yeah. Many times. Yes. Me yeah. too. He feels like he's in jail this weekend, sharing a room with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, it's the uh, yeah. I've been to jail many times. Uh, uh, I was arrested in between shows one time. <laughs> Well, I couldn't drink at the club. It was like yeah. I was opening for Bobby Slayton and um, Bobby Slayton. Bobby Slayton in uh, Kentucky, all the uh, Cincinnati Funny Bone, which is sure. in, is in Kentucky actually. So I couldn't drink at the club. So I'm featuring. So during the eight o'clock show, I'm like drinking in the bathroom. I had a backpack with beer in it, and I had a thing of Xanax, and I was like taking it in the stall. I was like sitting in the stall and drinking beer and taking the Xanax, and then um, it, so I do the first show, and then the second show, I. I uh, after my sale on the first show, I walk to like there's a Barnes and Noble in the shopping center. I go in the bathroom there and I'm drinking and I pass out on the floor and the cops arrest me. So everyone leaving the eight o'clock show had seen me perform. <laughs> She's getting taken out in handcuffs and they had called the comedy club because I was like, you can't do this to me. I'm a comedian at the funny bed. <laughs> and then um um so what happens is uh so the next day I called I was like yeah I got sick last night I had to go to the hospital and I'm like dude the cops called us and we could see you being taken away and they're like you're, <laughs> you're fired and I was like oh but how many clubs have you been fired from too many too many no but I've been arrested like so many times it's horrible well so now let me ask you so uh, like you said Rich Scheidner's been very instrumental in helping you turn your life around he's an old friend of mine yeah how is all that going for you now I mean are you comfortable in your own skin yet or is it still is it still a little bit of a struggle for you um, I don't know if I'll ever be totally comfortable. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten a lot better, I would yeah, say. Good. It's gotten a lot better. You know, I do a lot of, like, uh, meditation and, and yoga and stuff because I have such bad anxiety, and I was, I was always on, uh, like, Xanax and stuff like that, but I feel like that really chills me out and makes me feel better. And I got a little bit of a – once you start getting stuff, Hollywood's such an intimidating place. Yeah. That when I was first there, I was just like, oh, my God, I can't, like, deal with all this, and I didn't feel like I was good enough to be there. And then once you start – doing it and getting up more and oh i can follow this famous guy or i did or i went up and bummed but you know i'll get up the next night so it's like i'm more used to hollywood now so i'm not quite as freaked out but when i first moved there you're on these lineups you know i came from florida where you can be the big fish in florida but i mean you come here and it's like oh you got to follow this guy who's on tv or this guy who's famous or this guy who's like one of the best comics in the world i'm yeah. like i'm like oh man this is like this is like the major leagues i'm like yeah. I, don't, I don't know if i can hack, hack it out here and i went up and i struggled and it was it was intense man i remember like drinking before shows and taking xanax in the bathroom just gotta be shaking and so nervous and i had to go up and follow these tv people and i was like oh my god i don't know if i can do this i don't know if i'm good enough out here you know what i mean which is so funny because no one wants to follow eric like huge headliners that have like you know hbo specials showtime specials they're like uh is there somebody else that can go on before me besides eric like no one wants to follow him in la one of the first times i, I did stand up it was at the laugh factory was where i did my uh, uh my first open mic day and rich scheidner actually came in when yeah. i could do it for about a month and went uh uh, you're serviceable and I go what does that mean because <laughs> you can open for me I go we're in West Hollywood you really need to define your terms here and, <laughs> yes serviceable yeah, buddy. Actually, actually flew me out here to, to open for him a long time ago but it was him and a couple other comics that told me something really important because you, you're first doing it you know and I'm doing it I start out on the Sunset Strip and then I work my way to like Kentucky right you know so I kind of worked back <laughs> don't you feel like like learning like starting stand up in LA I feel is like boot camp almost yeah. in a way like I feel like it's such a great training ground you know LA or New York because you are forced to f go it up is, after it is so amazing hard. comics you start out maybe in a small town or in a mid-sized town then you know the uh, the, the mark is maybe a local guy who's really good you know mm -hmm. trying to be as good as 
is Bobby Thomas, who's been doing it for four years. Right, right. But you go to Los Angeles, and then when you finally get on shows, it's like uh, I, I talked to Rick Overton a couple weeks ago. You're on the same stage with, at the time, Rick Overton. I was, on, I was getting ready to go on one night, and uh, Dennis Miller and Jay Leno walked in. This is like 30 years ago. Right. Like, hey, buddy, you mind if we go up right before you? Oh, my God, that just happened stuff. to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you're on the same stage. So you're really stepping it up. Yeah. I almost tell a lot of young comics that if they're going to tour, that you kind of want to stay as a, a, maybe not an opener, but a feature for a while. So you get to work with these great headliners because I started headlining early because it was kind of like the Civil War. They just needed a lot of bodies. Right. And there were so many clubs in the 80s that were, oh, well, headline, yeah, I've been doing it for an hour. You're the headliner. Yeah. yeah. And they throw all this money at you. But when I started doing that, I was no longer working with Rich Scheidner's and uh, uh, Larry Miller's at the time, you know, and and, all, and Bobby Slayton yeah. and all these great comics who you could aspire to and watch. But... Um, this is what I wanted to tell you that they told me after I came up and I was all jacked up. I'd done like four or five open mic nights at the, at the Laugh Factory. I go, I'll probably have my own sitcom soon. And uh, <laughs> a comic, there's a friend of Rich Shutters named Mike McDonald from Canada. He goes, if you make that audience your higher power, you're fucked. Yeah. Yes. Something else. He goes, do the show, get the laughs, and go home. Yeah. Yeah. So have you grabbed onto that concept yet? You know what, man? It's uh, comedy. You know, comedy can be a weird thing. I heard somebody say one time, you know, I, I always watch those uh, like behind the music documentaries, yeah. like Def Leppard or Bon Jovi, and they were talking about some guy was like drinking a lot, and they're, they're like, why was it so hard? He's like, because you're on stage, and you're like a god. You know, yeah. you're on stage playing guitar at these stadiums, everybody's looking at you, like, you transcend just being the common person. Yeah. Where you're like, and I think for addicts and alcoholics, we have such low self-esteem that you're on stage, and now you're superior to everybody, and it's a, it's a rush, I'm great, I'm this great person, and then you get off stage, and it's kind of like, womp, womp, womp. Then five, you know, your headline, you get all these laughs. Everybody thinks you're awesome. Then you have some holiday in by yourself. Ten minutes later, <laughs> like, all right, you know what I mean? And it's I, like, where's the love I need? I used to <laughs> test it where I would come off stage. Eventually, I got to the point where I go, I wonder if I could be out of the building for they stop applauding. Yeah, because there was no reason to hang around. Yeah, and I would go, thank you, good night, and run out the back door and get my car. I go, there's no point because I used to do this <laughs> test where I'd get, come off stage. After I'd done well, and I'd stand in the lobby, yeah. and people would walk by me like I didn't exist. Oh, my God. Or you sell something, and they look at you like... You know, it was weird in the 80s, because the money was so... I mean, I bought a house. I, I hadn't, I'd never done a television show. Where'd you get MC? I'm talking to Rich. He said you're oh getting us over a grand to MC and airfare. And you weren't getting a grand... Maybe when... Because uh, I started... Uh, Rich started in the early 80s. Rich kind of was one of the first guys doing it. Yeah. Uh, Rich has a story of just deciding he was funny. The <laughs> guy we're talking about is Rich Scheidner, and... Uh, where he told me that he just took off hitchhiking and he'd go to bars and go, I can make everybody in this bar laugh if you give me beer and a sandwich. Yeah. And he'd just go up to a bar and he'd go, all right, go stand there. You know, and he would go up and make people laugh. I think he'd go to campgrounds and go, I make you laugh. You let me get in your sleep, man. Hey, campgrounds. Yeah. That's what I could do. You, Campground Kate. comedy. That could be my new income. The torch. When I, when I yeah, she's doing out, campground comedy for the homeless. You got, uh, <laughs> you got four or five hundred bucks a week to be the MC, and you got your own hotel. That was the opening act. And as a feature act, there were places where you were getting seven, eight, or nine, and then a low-level uh, headliner could get fifteen hundred. In the eighties. In the eighties. Yeah. Money was bigger in the eighties. Oh my god! Yeah. And they told me they had cars. Rich was telling me they yes. have like a car, like a beat-up car for you when you came in town. They would give you like the club car, but you stayed in comedy condos. Yeah, well, and hotels, but there were condos. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Oh man, there's one at the Looney Bin in Little Rock. I remember you go there. There was always a guy named Jay Medicine. Had he passed away sadly? But whenever, is Jay gone? He did. I he had died. to fire Jay once. Oh my gosh. Well, he was a great guy. But whenever he played the club the week before, there would be like a 
uh, drawer full of Magnum condoms right next to the bed, and the bed, the mattress would look like someone took the stuffing out with tweezers. The mattress was flat as a pancake. Like, was Jay here last week? Well, did he fuck every one of the white staff? You know how Jay did that? It is a. I, I, now I don't. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that, Jesus. No, no, you can't. Why? I'm sure he's yeah. proud. Yeah. I don't well, know if he's. Married. You don't know if what? He's listening. I don't know what year this was. It was years ago. No, I don't know if he's like was like married at the time or whatever. So. Well, oh. yeah, he's but he's, he's passed on, right? Well, the story I'm going to tell wouldn't help his marriage either. Okay. <laughs> so his wife's not going to hear this. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I, I own sorry. a comedy club in Oklahoma City called <laughs> Joker's Comedy Club. Joker. And they've jo- only been there too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, well, that's uh, the guys who uh, uh, Jeff and. Uh, Larry Marks, they yeah, both yeah. used to run uh, Stanford's clubs. Okay. Uh, so I knew them back then. Uh, they worked for the Glazer Boys. Yeah. Back then, now they have their own place. No, but I own a place called Jokers, and we hired Jay Medicine Hat, okay, who I knew. I can't remember his name now, but I knew him when he was a regular comic. Yeah. And uh, he hypnotized, he gave a young lady a post-hypnotic suggestion. And <laughs> <laughs> effective post-hypnotic suggestion. And then when we found out about it, we had to call him over and go, dude, that's... Like maybe a problem that you hypnotize a girl to tell her that she was madly in love with you and she was going to come over to your hotel right after the show. Does that work? It worked. Yeah, we gotta learn this. Really good hypnotist. This could be the secret. Okay. This is how. Is that? Did, is that really why she went over and hooked up with him because he hypnotized? What does this guy look like? I don't believe. Do you believe it? I'm like googling him. I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out. He died. I liked him very much. Yeah, he was a cool guy. He was a friend. Yeah. So, but I remember going, man, he's. So I said, that's too bad. We had to let him go. And I said, he's a really good hypnotist. <laughs> <laughs> he, would hip- he would do freaky things. He hypnotized a guy in our showroom one time and told him to imagine that the ceiling was caving in. And the guy about lost his mind. Are you serious? Yeah, the guy going, yeah. it's going to fall. We're going to fucking die. Yeah. I would never get hypnotized. I'd be up there. I, you know, you come to it. And you're like, you know, your pants are down around your ankles. And you're like, what happened? I always said the I whole crowd's like yeah. just staring at you like. I would never let anybody hypnotize me because all of a sudden I start blurting out, the body's under a bridge. We <laughs> oh, my kids. God. It's a mistake. <laughs> all time, they host a show in a bikini. <laughs> you look great. If you had to host a show in a bikini, you wouldn't eat either. You'd probably go back to pretty drugs. Thin. I'm pretty fed. Yeah. <laughs> well, he might be bikini ready. You know, I've I don't seen his ass. It's very white. I would love to talk to you guys all what day. What is he lying? They're in their own world now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't saw me naked. I've seen your butt. Where? In Vegas. In Vegas? Yeah. When? In the hotel room. You, like, flashed me your butt. No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Whatever. I did? Why are you having this conversation? These people want to talk about comedy. No, I, you know what? <laughs> I'm, uh, you, have, you have no idea. You never stayed in Vegas. Oh, in New York, New York? Yes. I wasn't there. When you got in the hot tub. Well, I think what happened is your swim trunks are too big because you're a little thin right now and your butt cheeks were hanging out. No, they were. Yes, they were. You have a nice, cute butt, though. Do you guys... Do you guys tour together? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah? Unfortunately. <laughs> Can I get a divorce if we got married? <laughs> yeah. We almost got married in Vegas, and then what happened That's is what we, did. We, th- <laughs> we had plans to get married because we're really good friends, and then Eric showed up on this trip, and he hops in my car first thing in the morning, and he goes, hey, don't hit on me anymore. I have a girlfriend now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I do and, have a girlfriend. And now we're sharing this really small hotel room. I thought we were sharing We're sharing there. a really small hotel room, and it's one of those hotel rooms where like there's a toilet, and there's a door out outside the toilet but there's no room to change in there and then there's nowhere else to hide and i don't care if eric sees me i could care less i could 
change in the middle of the room. But now that he has a girlfriend, I'm not allowed to get naked in front of him anymore. So now I have to like go change in the hallway of the hotel. So that that's not what I me. said. That's not what I said. She said, Eric, do you care if I walk around naked? And I have a girlfriend. So I said, I can't say that you can do that. But whatever. I can't say that. But look, because first of all, but my girlfriend, she knows no one wants to fuck me because I'm like, I'm sharing a room with Kate. She's like, no problem. I'm like, can you at least act jealous like Kate might want to have sex with me? I'm like, Kate's walking around naked in front of me. She might want to have sex with me. She's like, you're, you're fine. It's, I'm not worried at all. She's not worried. Like, girls might want to have sex with me on the road. She's like, uh, yeah, uh, sure, honey. <laughs> sure. She's like, I fucked you once and it's, I, I'm still a therapist. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> Guys, we got to wrap up, only because right. it takes a while to upload this. I want to thank you so much. If you're listening live or if you're picking this up, uh, today's September 4th or this weekend, uh, these two very funny, wonderful people, <laughs> Eric Myers and Kate Quigley, <laughs> will be sorry. at the Scottsdale Laugh Factory all weekend, two shows oh. Friday, two shows Saturday. Actually, Eric back. will be murdered. I'm sorry to tell Eric you. He will be murdered. He's not listening. He won't be there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, i got to hear this all fucking day. Eric will be murdered live on stage by Kate, who will then show it on the Playboy channel. <laughs> and to her famous boyfriend who's not named Chris. Josh. Josh. All right. You've been listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition. My name's Tony Visick. <laughs> My wife, Shirley Visick, at the controls. This That's has been Eric Myers and Kate Quigley. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you Monday.